Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Welcome back. Blue Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you up until 11 o'clock. Then BK and Ferrario take over. And we are going to be joined by John Denton of MLB.com here in this segment. If you have questions, you have comments, and you would like me to uh, relay those to John, please feel free to text into the Air Comfort Service text line. And you should read his column on the Cardinals and the Wilson Contreras deal uh, at MLB.com and uh, follow him on Twitter at John Denton five 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 for the latest on the comings and goings and goings and comings. Right now, it is our pleasure to welcome to the program on the Brown and Croup and Celebrity Line, ladies and gentlemen, John Denton of MLB.com. John, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Jim? Wonderful. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. Especially, I know it's been an incredibly busy week for you. Your coverage has been outstanding, and I enjoyed reading your piece uh, today regarding how everything came together with the Cardinals. And Contreras. So, so give some background to the audience on how this thing played out. Not just what became the final negotiating piece, which was that fifth year, but the Cardinals' interest in perhaps a trade, the price being too high, and then winding up going with Contreras. Yeah, you know they went in knowing that that there were options. Uh, you know they, they had their top target, uh, which was Wilson Contreras. Uh, Ali Marmol and, and John Mazalock traveled to Orlando last week to meet with Contreras. That's his off-season home. It just so happens to be where Ali Marmol went to high school and grew up. So, you know, they had plenty to talk about. And Ali came away tremendously impressed uh, with Wilson Contreras. He said, you know, he's a guy who wakes up thinking about how he can win that day. And he goes to bed thinking about winning and thinking about winning the next day. And, you know the Cardinals are losing the ultimate competitor in in, in Yadier Molina, and they they want to replace him with a guy who wants to win just as much. So, and so they knew going in the price was going to be high. Uh, they knew the price to 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 trade for a catcher was going to be high. They just basically had to pick the lesser of the two evils. Uh, you know they went in with a number they wanted to you know, pay him. Uh, that was agreed upon early. On Monday, they had already agreed to how much he was going to get per season. But by Tuesday, the Cardinals were really worried. You know, they, they thought the whole thing was going to fall apart. They, you know, they, they're known as a fiscally responsible team. They only wanted to give four years. They stuck on four years most of Tuesday. It looked like it was going to fall apart. And, you know, eventually they, they caved and, and agreed to five years, and then, you know, that got the deal done. Going into the offseason, John, do you think that the Cardinals' goal was Contreras, or do you think they were thinking along the lines of, of Murphy, uh, Kirk, um, and then when the asking price was high, you write this morning that we're talking about Dylan Carlson, Nolan Gorman, or maybe even Mason Wynn, that then they pivoted to Contreras. Do you have any idea on the uh, chronological order of the way it played out? I think it was always Contreras, you know, uh, Yadier Molina, you know, they had, John Mozeliak said he talked to Yadier Molina a couple of times and tried to get his, you know, they value his opinion. And, and Yadi recommended Wilson Contreras. Jose Quintana, who pitched for the Cardinals, you know, the end of last year, game one starter, uh, he talked to Contreras about coming to St. Louis and he gave the Cardinals high, you know, recommendations about him. So I think, you know, he was always their first target. But, you know, they had to do their due diligence and be ready if the price got too high, if the, if the ask got too much. And, you know, as it turns out, you know, Sean Murphy's the best available player 
for trade, but you're going to have to give up a couple of pieces. And, you know, I think the Cardinals could justify this because you got a catcher, you got a guy who could be a DH, and you got a guy who could be a, a number five hitter behind Nolan Arenado. You know, if, if they went into this summer thinking that landing a catcher was number one or 1A, uh, finding a, a number five hitter was probably 1B. So you kind of, you know, kill two birds with one stone by getting a guy who can serve multiple roles for you. John Denton of MLB.com, our guest here on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you on the program. Uh, and if you have any questions or comments you want us to relay to John, please feel free to text them in at 65780. The nature of the beast is once the Cardinals make this move, understandably, people say, okay, are they done? Are they going to now tend to the outfield? Are they still in the mix for a shortstop? Are they looking at possibly going and trying to boost the rotation um what is your thought on the state of what is next john yeah we we kind of joked in san diego that 30 seconds after the uh the wilson Contreras uh move was announced that that twitter shifted to dansby swanson and, and zander bogart you know it, it doesn't take long on twitter for other people to spend other people's money so you know we, that was kind of a running joke but you know they w- once you spend you know 70 78 million uh, on on a catcher, that pretty much takes you out of the running for a shortstop. And you know, we saw late last night what Xander Bogarts got from the from the Padres. Uh, Dansby Swanson's going to get you know 275 million probably. Uh, Correa's still way out of their price zone. Uh, they still need a left-handed bat. You know, by by swinging the free agent signing instead of the trade, it helped them hang on to Dillard Carlson. It helped them hang on to Lars Newtbar. It helped them hang on, you know, to Brendan Donovan and, 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 and Carlson can hit left-handed. So they do have more left-handed options by doing it this way than they would have with a trade. But, you know, I still think they're going to, they're going to look into a, another left-handed bat. Uh, you know, you never say you have too much pitching, but right now they have six starters. So, uh, I don't think they'll go started route, but I, I do know they're still looking for swing and miss out of the bullpen. Uh, they actually drafted a guy yesterday in the uh, Rule 5 draft who's 32 years old. You know, most of the people drafted in the Rule 5 draft are 21, 22 years old. They drafted a 32-year-old guy with swing and miss stuff, so you know they're still looking for that. If they can find a, a reliever who can come in and get strikes, uh, get strikeouts, you know, the way Ryan Helsley does, but they don't really have a lot of swinging us otherwise. I think that'll be a top priority is, is finding one more reliever who can get you the get you to Ryan Helsley at the end of a game. Do you think that it is uh, more or less inevitable that they will get a left-handed bat? And uh, my follow-up to that in a two-part question would be uh, what names would be candidates uh, the audience should keep an eye on? Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I think they will get that. Um, you know, the the market will settle down uh, once once all these top guys fall. You know, the dominoes fall. Everybody will kind of be slotted in. Uh, maybe you could look at a, a Brantley. Uh, Conforto is probably going to cost too much money, but you know, if he's still sitting out there and maybe he gets desperate, you know, some of those guys, some of the proven proven left hand bats, are hard to find. And you know, if one if the market settles. And, you know, they, they get to a point where, you know, some of these players are going to be sitting around the end of December, early January, and somebody's going to panic and, you know, take a deal for maybe less than you thought or take a short-term deal. Uh, you know, so the Cardinals are definitely going to be, you know, circling in that market.
Uh, with regards to the Quintana signing yesterday, certainly flies under the radar because Contreras took place about an hour, hour and a half afterwards. But was was that something that the Cardinals were in on ever, John, or had they just been understanding that it was most likely not going to be something that they were going to prioritize, as you mentioned, with their perspective that they have six arms for the rotation and they had to get a catcher first? Yeah, it was, you know, catcher consumed so much of their attention. They they love everything about uh, Quintana. You know, he he was a guy who came to St. Louis and just he thrived because he was in a playoff race for the first time in years. You know, he was a guy who had been with the Pirates and you know, you know, pitching in front of seven thousand fans and twenty games out of first. But he got to St. Louis and just fell in love with the the culture in St. Louis and. You know, he really thrived on that, and he probably pitched his way out of the, out of the Cardinals. He pitched so well that, you know, his market went through the roof. He's, he's a guy who pitched for, what was it, two point five million last season, yeah. and he ended up getting thirteen million a year from the from the Mets. So, as well as he pitched for the Cardinals, he probably pitched his way out of St. Louis. Uh, let me go with some quick hitters here that are coming in to our uh, Air Comfort Service text line. Uh, where do you think Correa is going, John? That's from the six one eight. I think you'll probably, I think you'll end up with the Dodgers. I mean. Oh, the irony that a, a, t- a Dodgers team with a 285 million dollar payroll last year is the only one to not spend so far. So, you know, I think the the Dodgers are they're, they're not going to start the season with Gavin Lux as their shortstop. I think it's going to be Correa to the Dodgers. We've had multiple people text in the moment you said Dansby Swanson and 275 million dollars. I think some people fell out of their chair. Is is that <laughs> is that what you think it's going to actually wind up being? Well, I mean, you look at it. Trey Turner got. Trey Turner got three hundred million. Uh, Xander Bogarts got two eighty. Uh, I, I think Correa will probably be three hundred, and I think Dansby Swanson will be two seventy, two seventy five. I mean, shortstops are not going to take three year deals anymore. You know, the, the bar's been set. It's going to be a, a a ten, nine, eight year deal, but you're just not going to get one of these guys, these top guys, for three years. You know, the market the market's kind of dictating that. From the six one eight, who do you think is the diamond in the rough that's still out there in this free agent class? You know, I I, I like Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley does a lot of things, a lot of things really well. Um, you know, you had talked to people in baseball, they love his professionalism. He's one of those guys that makes others around him better. Uh, he he could be a, a game changer uh, still on the free agent market. When, when you look at uh, the moves that have been made so far, in your opinion, you're out there at the, at the winter meetings to see this and then also talk with other executives and also people so close to the game. What is their reaction to the activity that we have seen so far and the dollars that have been thrown around? Anything stand out as far as people going, oh, my God, I can't believe they paid that, or this is uh, this is a move that I really like for this team or this player? Anything stand out in those conversations, John? You know, I think it's just the shock of when they add these things up. I mean, more than $2 billion has been committed. Uh, you know, that, that just blows your mind. But if you look historically, the first year after a new CBA – there's usually like wild rampant spending, and you know that certainly happened. And as weird as it is, as weird as it is to say, uh, you know Trey Turner got 300 million. He might have been underpaid. Like he's that good. And and there's so many people out here who are just shaking their head at what the Phillies are doing. I mean the Phillies spending is through the roof. You know they went out and added a, another arm to the bullpen for another 20 million dollars and. The Phillies and the Padres are like the new people who've joined the chat. You know, for years they were <laughs> never in the, they were never in the the stratosphere of, of the top spending teams. That clearly both of those teams are going for it. And look where it got them last year. You know, they they were in the uh, NL NL 
uh, NLCS uh, facing one another, and you know they were kind of the what were they the the Phillies were the sixth seed, and, and the Padres were the five seed. That's and, right. It just kind of proves now, if you go get a guy and you just get in the playoffs, anything can happen. And it seems to me, and maybe I'm off on this, one of the things I said at the start of the 2022 season was it will be tough, and injury certainly can can provide the the volatility if you're going to do a projection, but it would be tough for the Cardinals to not win 85 games just because three of the teams in the National League Central are not necessarily really aggressively attempting to win in 2022. And now looking at the landscape, and let's just focus on the National League, you have some teams that are going all out, and now you can add the Phillies and the Padres to that even more so, that I would imagine you could you could take five or six teams and be virtually certain you have the pennant winner uh, already as things stand right now. So therefore, you know, there are multiple teams that will not be in the mix. And I feel like that's actually intensifying more so than the beginning of the 2022 season. How do you see it? Yeah. You know, Tim, I think the Cardinals just qualified for the, uh, the NLC, uh, the National League Central Championship. I, I, I <laughs> Congratulations. I think put, they've put already the declared up. the winner. Uh, also, we were joking. How many games is the second place team in the NL Central going to win? 75, 70, yeah. you know, it, it's, the Cardinals have to adjust their thinking. And, you know, every team starts spring training with the idea of we've got to win our division first. Well, they're going to win their division easily. The Cardinals have to realize the Brewers, the Cubs, the Pirates, those guys aren't their rivals anymore. Their rivals are San Diego, Philadelphia, the Dodgers, mm-hmm. the Braves. You know, that that if you want to you, – you've got to focus on trying to catch that bunch. And, you know, the, the, the payrolls are never going to look the same. The, the Mets and the Dodgers are always going to sp- outspend everybody else. But, you know, the Cardinals got to get even better at the draft and, you know, draft and develop. Uh, you know, they've got a absolute can't-miss stud on the way in Jordan Walker. But they've they've got to get even better at that than they've, than they've been through the years because they're just never going to have the payroll to match those guys. John Denton of MLB.com, our guest here. I'm sorry, John, I, I just cut you off. I apologize. No, uh, I, I, I your rambling. Pro- <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, if anybody knows rambling, trust me, it's me here, brother. <laughs> uh, Jordan Walker, is, is, are you, would you say you're leaving San Diego with more a sense of confidence that he is going to start 2023 on the Major League roster? Yeah, Mark, I, I, I think the, the way he performed this season and then the way he played in the winter you know, in the Arizona Fall League, I think that's a minute that, that he's going to get every shot. Uh, don't don't forget this. Uh, you know, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Adam Wainwright, uh, Michaelis, they're all going to be gone to the uh, World Baseball Classic. Uh, you know, th- so there's going to be opportunities for guys in spring training. Jordan Walker's probably going to play every day in spring training. He may get a day off here and there. They're going to give him every shot mm. to play his way on this roster. And, you know the way he made the the conversion from 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 third base to the outfield was incredibly impressive. I mean, I was in Springfield uh, working on a on a big piece about him. The day he you got to pull this up on YouTube. It was amazing. A line drive was hit over his head in right field. He grabs the ball from the warning track and throws it on the fly to Mason Wynn to to gun down the uh, runner at second. It, it was unbelievable. So. He's going to get every shot, and, and if he hits and if he plays right field well, I totally believe he could be the opening day starter in right field. Uh, we're getting a few uh, texts here asking you about uh, Brian Reynolds and any possibility there. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, traditionally the Cardinals don't like to trade in the division. Uh, you know, Brian Reynolds might be the exception because he's that good of a player, but, you know, at John Mosaic 
traditionally doesn't like to do that. I mean, you don't want to have to face, you don't want to have to face Dylan Carlson or, or Nolan Gorman, you know, what is it now, 15 times a year. Uh, you know, it's one thing if you trade away Nolan Gorman to the A's, but it's another if you had if, if you trade him to a team that you've got to see all the time and he's hitting 40 home runs. So, you know, they're they're still very leery of, of trading away uh, Nolan Gorman. And if you trade him away and he becomes a 40 home run guy and you have to face him every time. So I, I know that, I, that hurts the chances of landing uh, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, final question for you. Carlson, at least as reported, and you may have absolute firsthand knowledge of the situation, uh, when the Juan Soto conversations were going on in July, sounded like, from all that I was reading, was one of the b- blocks on that deal taking place. Uh, and then, of course, he doesn't start Game 2 of the best of three against the Phillies. Have the Cardinals changed their view on Carlson's value just a, a few months removed from those conversations with the Nationals? Yeah, yeah yes and no. Uh, you know, I, I thought Dylan got a kind of unfair rap on that. Like, it wasn't just Dylan Carlson that held that deal up. It was Dylan Carlson. It was Nolan Gorman. It was Lars Newtbar. Like, there were several players being asked for in that, you know, in that trade. And I kept going back to this uh, this week. You know, if the Cardinals weren't going to trade Dylan Carlson and Nolan Gorman for Juan Soto, they darn sure weren't going to do it for Sean Murphy. Right, you know, right. that's that's not a good enough return for two guys that you hold really highly. And you know, has, has it changed? Yes, it has a little bit because Dylan didn't hit last year. He didn't hit righties at all. Uh, the guy hit what three oh eight against against lefties and he hit 200 against righties so you know the shine is off a little bit but they're confident you know he, Dylan's a baseball you know guy who's, who's just grown up around the game he's a baseball junkie they're confident that he's going to do the things necessary to come back a different player this season and you know I, I think if Dylan gets it right if he hits lefties the way he has in the past I'm sorry, hits righties the way he has in the past. He, he's going to play center field for St. Louis for the next 10 years. I couldn't believe it when I read your report that they were looking for Carlson, Gorman. Uh, I mean, th- th- that that changed my perspective on the whole thing. I totally get the Cardinals going on on Con- Contreras. If that's what the asking price was for the A's, that's awfully uh, ballsy on their part. Yeah. And, well, and, and I go, what do you think it'll wind up being? I mean, you still think Murphy moves, and somebody's going to pay some semblance of a ransom, I gather. Yeah, it could be the Astros. You know, the Astros were the number one. Uh, the, Contreras wisely used the Astros. He played the Astros to get to where he wanted to be, the Cardinals. But, the, you know, the Astros still need a catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of telling that they don't want Vasquez back. Yeah, They don't seem to want Vasquez back. So, you know, they're a team that needs a catcher. Uh, the Indians still need a catcher. So I, I could see uh, Murphy landing in one of those two spots. All right, I keep lying about final question. This one, though, is Jackson cut my mic off. <laughs> All right. uh, some, some, some Cardinal fans will say, well, how come, you know, if the Cubs didn't want Contreras back, should that be a red flag? You just talked about Vasquez and the Astros. What would you say to that? Well, you, I mean, you gotta you got to look at where the player is in his career and look at where the team is yeah. in his career. Yeah, yep. You know the 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 Cubs are rebuilding. That's why they didn't go out and spend money on Aaron Judge. Like, you know, they're at a place where they're not ready to win. If if they sign uh, Contreras back, they're probably still going to win seventy five games. You know, so their their organization is not at the same place. Like Contreras is thirty and wants to win another World Series, and the Cubs are just trying to break. You know, get to five hundred again. So sometimes uh, an organization's spot of where they are and and a player's spot where they are in their career differ and you know that like I said he 
he's a good player, but he wasn't going to lift them from 75 wins to 95 wins. Yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. Well, well, John, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for uh, joining, spending about 20 minutes with us here, too. Uh, thank you so much. The coverage outstanding this week from San Diego. Follow John on Twitter at John Denton 555 And, of course, you can read him on MLB.com. John Denton, our guest here on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. John, thanks so much for the time. Appreciated the conversation. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Tim. I'm heading back to St. Louis today, so if you could warm the weather up for me, I'd really appreciate that. Absolutely. You you won't even notice you're not in San Diego anymore. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, man. Take it easy. That's John Denton with us here on 101 ESPN. Your thoughts on what he had to say? We'll talk about it on the other side of the break. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. This is Balloon Party, 101 ESPN.